0: Hey, Nathan, welcome back. Thank you. You've been traveling. I have. I've been around a little bit. Yes, you've been to uh, Santa Fe? Yep. To look at the Santa Fe. Yep. (laughs) You've been to L.A. to look at the uh, Nismo-Z. Yep. And you've been uh, to Volvo, right? Yeah, New York. New York. Wow, you've been around the country.
2: I have. And uh, honestly speaking, I, I mean, I really do enjoy traveling.
0: But hanging out in the studio is a comfortable change. So, in this podcast, uh, we're back to our old, uh, shall we call it, favorites. Ah, yeah. Uh, the fan favorites, and that is we're going to compile two lists actually here uh, the top 10 automotive flops. Yes. And the top six uh, idiotic ideas. That is correct. Now,
2: before you say, wait a minute, you guys have covered similar things, yes, in terms of certain components of it, but this is a little bit different. This is. A much bigger picture that we're going to cover, and I want you guys to participate. So by all means, put your comments down below and what you agree with and disagree with.
0: Well, actually, we're going big and we're going small, so That's we're going the, macro and micro. Yeah. Uh, and these are, I forgot the word recent, so we're not, we're not delving into history. We're looking at stuff that happened within the last year. That is so. correct. Uh, but before we get to that... I have a quiz for you. Okay, fire away. All right, here's a quiz. All right. All right, uh, for all of you who are listening to this, in my hand, I am holding uh, a yellow, uh, an orange uh, box with a little, like, stubby antenna on it. Yeah. It's about the size of my hand. Uh, It's got one button on it, and the button says, um, uh, if you hit the button, there's a thing that says TX on it, and then there's another one that says low battery, and it says on this device that I'm holding, EL-50448. And... I'm asking you what this is because this saved us, Nathan, $295. Oh, I know exactly what that is
2: then. All right. What is this? That is a Texas breathalyzer. (laughs) When you go to a Texas bar, okay, yeah, exactly. You fire up way too many of them beers. You just chug it on down and you hit the Texas button right there and then you make sure you don't get a ticket.
0: No, it is not uh, a, a Texas breathalyzer, even Damn. though it looks like one. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a it's a piece of automotive technology that uh, I'll give you a hint that applies to many recent model GM vehicles, and I will <laughs> tell you how we saved two hundred ninety-five dollars uh, with this. Did, right. it, did it cost two ninety five to buy that? No, it cost <laughs> it cost five bucks to buy that. You're kidding? No, five bucks. You can get it for either five or nine on Amazon. Oh, okay. Um, and the reason it saved us two hundred ninety five dollars is if we had not bought this, we would have had to take the we would have had to take the car to the dealer, and the dealer would have charged us three hundred dollars to do what this does. Okay. So I'll give you the backstory. As you know, we recently purchased a two thousand and six uh, Chevy C six Corvette. Yes. Uh, and I'm uh, wondering why we purchased it, because we like drag racing? Yeah. Uh, we kind of. And, and you like Corvettes. You're really getting... I'm getting that old man Corvette. Yeah, thing. you are. <laughs> you really are, yeah. It's okay. It's, wait, cool. wait, but before, before you say it's okay, who else on our team has a Corvette?
2: Well, Case does, yes, of course. And he's not an old man. No, no, he's not. Although, he, you know, he is. He's
0: like a 60-year-old guy running around in a 20-year-old body. Really? I think that's Tommy Tommy, too. Well, Tommy's even older, though. <laughs> so, so we first purchased a C5, which we sold to Tommy. Yeah. So Tommy now owns a C5. And then, like I said, we're working our way through the different generations of Corvette. And yeah. by the way, Nathan, I think the Corvette is a hell of a bargain. Uh, there's, I agree. There's a friend of mine uh, who was recently looking for a sports car to buy, uh, and he missed out on a Lotus uh, Evora for like $75,000. A Lotus Evora for $75,000 on uh, Bring a Trailer. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, for $14,000, you can get yourself a C5 Corvette that is every bit as much of a performance car, and then some, than Evora.
2: I like the Avora, to be honest with you. Uh, and I almost fit. Do you like
0: it $75,000 worth?
2: N- no, I don't. like uh, $55,000 worth, I might say, would be almost worth it. But uh, it is a Toyota V6 they stuffed in that thing. you exactly, know. Exactly, right? yeah. I yeah. know. I so know. it's kind of reliable for but it.
0: But I'm saying there's like this cool kid on the block need to have these like 911 variants and, you know, the, uh, the, the British Forbidden Fruit variants. Sure. And I've, yet everybody overlooks the, the, the performance car in plain sight, which will run circles around them. Which is easy to fix, which is plentiful and relatively which is inexpensive to fix yeah.
2: by comparison. Yeah, with the exception of this tool.
0: All right, so yeah, so we bought this uh, two thousand and six C six Corvette, and there were two problems with it. Uh, one, um, it was flashing oil change. Right mm-hmm. when you start up, there's this little uh, uh, screen, and on the screen there was a little you know notation that said uh, oil change required. Okay, and, and I, I bought it uh, from the owner, and he said he changed the oil, but you have to then. Uh, basically go into the car and uh, reset the oil. Because it doesn't it doesn't actually, like, the uh, only way that it knows that the oil needs changing is by how many miles you've driven, right? Right.
2: There's, there's a sequence, I think, that you have to go through in order to reset that system. There's a little reset button. It's oh, easy.
0: That's even easier. Yeah, it's easy. Uh, but it, it's not actually, like, looking at the quality of the oil. Mm-hmm. But it had another fault, and that was uh, TPMS. And, okay. he, and he told me that the battery on the driver's side front TPMS sensor... Was dead and it needed replacing. Okay, so we took it over to our local tire shop, Discount Tire, which we use. Um, They replaced the battery, uh, and they were going to charge us sixty bucks, which they didn't because they couldn't reset uh, the little code. Just wouldn't, you couldn't do it. Okay. So uh, we called up the GM dealership, and they said, "Bring it in, and we'll reset the code, the TPMS code, for three (laughs) hundred dollars." And you know what? You need to reset the code. I wonder if that'll work on Ford products too. It works on like it works on a lot of different, many different GM late models. Uh, so this little thing allows you to. So re- how,
2: how do you use it now? By the way, if you're listening to the podcast, Roman is holding a device that looks like, almost like a walkie-talkie. Yes. With a stubby antenna. Yes. Uh, but it's all orange because Roman likes red or orange, and in addition, there's one button on it. That's it. And there's nothing else, really.
0: Yeah, I was watching a YouTube video, and there's a sequence of things you have to do. You have to go to the car, push this button, the car knows, then that you're resetting the TPMS sensor, and then you do something on the inside, which I forgot, and that's how you do it. And the dealer was going to charge us three hundred dollars, and you can buy the tool, and it's not just Corvettes. It's it's like it's like pretty much like. And I say late model, I mean like you know, like in a ten-year span, mm-hmm. any GM vehicle. This is what you need to reset your TPMS. Sensors. You know what?
2: When we're done with this broadcast, I'm going to use that on my kid's car that's outside. She has a TPMS sensor issue right now. But that's a Ford. I know, but maybe it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> what, what that might save me 60 bucks. <laughs> I'm not sure right? I think this is
0: GM only, but you could give it a shot.
2: Oh GMT, PMS and 4TA you you never know. they might have the same
0: purveyor. but purveyor. yeah, but uh, yeah, so um, th- <laughs> they had this tool uh, at uh, discount tire uh-huh. but apparently it's tricky and it wasn't working. So oh. I thought for five bucks it's you know it's worth to yeah. roll of the dice and see if we can do it ourselves.
2: Yeah, OEC-T5. Yeah, yeah. No idea. But anyway, you can go to Amazon and find one of these for super cheap, and maybe it'll save you a lot of dough.
0: Yeah, so that's our best top uh, tip of the day for saving money if you're a GM car owner and you need to reset your uh, TPMS sensors, because obviously the dealer charging $300 is is barbaric. <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's
2: also not beyond any dealer to pull something like that. It's ridiculous. All right,
0: all right so shall we start with the flops or the idiotic ideas?
2: Um Tell you what, let's go through the flops. Okay, and when we're done with that, I want to—I have a little tiny rant. Okay, uh, it's about a, a, a irresponsible teenager I'm related to, and things that I think other fathers and mothers have had to deal with with their kids in terms of cars.
0: All right, so let me define what this is. Uh, these are decisions that automakers had or made that had bad consequences, or just flat out dumb ideas uh, that need to go away. Yeah, okay? exactly. So this is what we're talking about. So at number ten. Um, is uh, Audi, and uh, uh, I'm going to use a word, bland design language. Oh, I got a better one. Uh, You know, like the the nesting dials, right? Yeah. The Nesting dials. I I think until Tesla came along, Audi was the darling of the automotive world in terms of being like the cool kid on the block. Kind of cutting edge. Yeah, Yeah. and then Tesla just made them look so uh, staid and so, um, well, bland. I would say there's other automakers I could credit with that, even
2: Genesis, for that matter. Uh, Audi, uh, with one exception right now, I cannot think of any of their cars that stands out to me that makes me go, ooh. Which one? I bet you it's the same one. Oh, it's
0: the GT. Yeah, exactly. The Porsche-based. Yeah. The, the yeah, Taycan. fabulous looking. Yeah, the Taycan. But all their cars should Audi. look that good. Yeah.
2: All their cars should look... There's no excuse not to. And here's the thing, and here's the term I'll use, weak sauce. We know good, Audi good is term. capable. We've seen all these concepts coming out, yet these cars... We've actually recently redone the headlights. See, the headlight now strikes slightly to the left instead of to the right. As such, (laughs) it is very, very different. New car. No, it's not. It's the same damn car. It's the same damn design. You guys need to up your game.
0: Yeah, uh, there's going to be another one here very shortly that went the opposite direction maybe too far in the opposite direction but Mm -hmm. i I couldn't agree with you more nathan uh audi has kind of lost their way with their design language i don't know if they've lost their way i would say that the time has passed right they're no longer like they're no longer kind of in step with where uh the, the the current tastes and the current uh uh vogue cool kids are
2: Audi's used to be beautiful desirable cars that uh, the cool guys got because not you know if certain BMW and Mercedes Benz owners struck you as you know little gauche, this was what you wanted. You wanted the cool stuff and that was what Audi used to give you.
0: Remember the first TT?
2: I loved it. Right. Especially at
0: it. with like that baseball stitching. Yeah. And all the round dials all and the everything else. All the round dials and, and all the little like little details. I mean, that was like a, a Bauhaus design taken to cars. Yeah. It was just absolutely stunning. It was a breath of fresh air. The car itself, first-generation TT, not a great car. A rebadged uh, no, Volkswagen No, We're not TTI. talking... This is not about quality. This is park. merely
2: about design. Right. Um, and, and I could go on and on in terms of some of the their original all roads, how cool those were. Uh, there are so many vehicles that they built. Obviously, the uh, R. I'm sorry, R8. Yeah.
0: yeah, the R8 exactly. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, with that. And like, now it's
2: just everything's.
0: Like, uh, now, now you know, if I look at Audi, um, I kind of feel like the most cutting edge thing they do is they have a Q4 which has a sloped roof versus a Q5 which has you know less of a sport yeah. back look. I mean, come on, guys, step up your game. We know
2: you can do better. That's the hard part about this yeah. is we know how good Audi can be. Now, um, speaking of being disappointed, I think some of you guys might be a little disappointed with our next one.
0: Yeah, all the Tesla fans are going to be not Uh, happy with this one. Hey,
2: guys, this is just
0: a fax, okay? It's not us. This is a fax. Like I said, this is recent (laughs) automotive flops, and the news has been not good for Tesla. Apparently, Nathan... Uh, Tesla has been inflating their range figures, and people have gotten upset with it. And they wanted to take their car in for servicing because they thought that there was something, something wrong with it. Yeah. And Tesla actually created a whole department to basically thwart that process because they, you know, how you're supposed to overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah, they did the opposite. Overpromise. They, Under-deliver. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they screwed no, up. No, no, no. You're supposed to under-promise and over-deliver. <laughs> they over-promised and under-delivered. So I was right the first time, but <laughs> yes, yeah, they,
2: they really did. Um, and This is something that's not just in the United States. Apparently, other people across, well, pretty much everybody in the world who's uh, a Tesla person, uh, many of them are affected as well, or
0: can be affected. Well, look, let's face it. The, the EPA method of judging range is squishy at best. Oh, right? it's garbage, as right? far as I'm concerned. Because the way that it works is uh, the EPA actually doesn't test cars. They have the manufacturer submit the data right. that they then look at, and then they certify. Yeah, and they debate whether or not it's uh, yeah, and, reasonable. And they do some limited testing, but but apparently Tesla was able to kind of gain that, pro- gain that process. In other words, take advantage of the process to somehow inflate or overstate their range numbers. And we all know that electric cars have different range numbers, right? It depends on, like, you know, the Environmental, exactly, time so of year, things. is it winter, is it summer, Yeah, you know, what what how, how heavy is the thing you're, it, you know. And how but, the
2: driver's actually driving the car. Exactly. There's yeah.
0: just so many different factors. But um, my experience driving our Model 3 performance across the country was actually just the exact same thing. So I think our car is rated, if I remember right, at 320 miles of range. Yeah. Um, and uh, you probably had the same thing with the Ionic Five, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, you're driving across country, and at about 150 miles of range, you start looking for a charger because yeah, you're, you're down to like 10 or 15 percent. That's precisely the same and thing the, I happened. And then there. you're like, you're like, wait, I'm supposed to get 320 miles of range. Why am I looking for a charger at 150 miles?
2: Uh, before you guys scream, wait a minute, that's highway. Highway isn't as good as as city driving. We get that, but even at that there should be, you know, it should be much closer to the mark that they set, and it's not. And even with city driving, the marks have been off.
0: Yeah, because let's face it, you know, we drive with a heavy foot, so uh, energy usage to some extent is exponential, so Mm. there's a huge difference between going 65, going 75, and going 85. Big Uh, difference. Big difference, and, you know, we tend to probably drive fast, so we have a lot less range, but that doesn't change the fact that if you were in a a gas-powered car, you would still be using more gas, but because gas stations are plentiful and because gas doesn't have that same kind of you know, shiftable range estimate, you would be close to, let's say, a typical car gets 300 miles of range yeah, on a tank full. Between 300 and 400 miles, yes. You're going to get that, but with an electric car, like I said, at about 150, I was like, well, I'm supposed to have twice as much range, and this was in the summer, this was, yeah. this was in the winter. I'm like, why am I all of a sudden, you know?
2: It The consistency is really the issue, and so Tesla has done themselves no favors By inflating their range figures. Um, And speaking of someone who hasn't done themselves any favors. Okay, number eight. Yes. General Motors Mm. did not do themselves any favors by the unceremonious way they've discontinued the Chevrolet Camaro. What a horrible end to a very interesting car.
0: I'm hoping it's just a temporary uh, vacation. Uh, yeah, you know, they'll
2: bring uh, it back as some sort of electric Camaro and then make it into an SUV.
0: God, that's the Ford way, isn't it? Uh, yeah,
2: it's, but but it's everybody's way. Dodge is doing that.
0: Look, um, I was just talking to Tommy about this, and GM is uh, in some ways fickle with these iconic brands that they have that are extremely valuable. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, the Corvette almost died like six times, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it came really to, close to death to Tommy, was, times. Tommy was telling me that they spent... On the C7, or maybe it was the C6. No, maybe it was the C7. They spent 190 million uh, to develop it, hmm. uh, but they budgeted like 900 million to develop the cruise.
2: <laughs> and look what happened to the cruise. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And look at what happened to the Corvette. It's now probably America's premier, most popular car. So, so I say. You know, you're playing with fire when you take these iconic brands. And, you know, sure, you have projections. Well, we expect to sell 50, 60, 70, 80,000 units a year, and the car's not hitting that mark. That doesn't mean that that you kill it because for a lot of people, that is what gets them in the showroom to buy the Cruise, (laughs) right? Right. (laughs) Or nowadays, of course, the Traverse or the Equinox or whatever other GM product, right? It, Mm. It represents kind of the core DNA of GM, and when you kill that, I think you're telling a lot of people that, that, that you're walking away from the things that made you great, and it yeah. disappoints people, and it translates to lost sales.
2: There's two things, points I want to make. One is that I did not hate the Cruze, by the way. You mentioned the Cruze. Right. It was a decent car, but with the Camaro, the Chevrolet Camaro should have had a similar type of exit that the Dodge Charger and Challenger had, where you had all these final models. They
0: well, had one. They had the Panther.
2: Building up, to, but the real, you know, like really celebrate the car, enjoy the car. Hey, this is your last chance to have this car and really build it up. Maybe even increase some well, of those sales. Well,
0: it's also a head scratcher, dude, because GM uh, has already announced that they're going to stay with uh, the three, you know, the small block. They're going to build another generation. of that. Yeah, but that's for trucks. Why not? Why not stay with, you know, the, the sports car? Because it...
2: they made a mandate that they're trying to follow in terms of going all electric. And I get that point. However, we still have time. So, I, I know a lot of Ford fanboys and Dodge fanboys are laughing, ha-ha, but I honestly feel like the Camaro could have had a much better exit, and more importantly, perhaps another couple of years where it could have proven well, well, itself.
0: Why, why even exit? Why not just transition it to a hybrid, and like to do it with the Corvette, right, the E-Ray, and then eventually, if, if times call for it, go all electric, but why just, like, why just kill it I, I don't understand that yeah I, I mean there are so many brands when you think about um, the cruises a great example of that there's so many brands of cars uh, that GM has just killed including Pontiac right an, an entire yeah. name plate right that, that today I think would be doing very well. Uh, I also think they did something very stupid this is a whole different conversation by selling um, Vauxhall and Opel in Europe. Right. That's a whole different conversation. That's a whole, but that's a I agree whole other conversation. Yeah. But they, they, they seem to be very quick at just kind of going, okay, click, click, it's gone. I, I, I'm, Management
2: I'm, at General Motors right now is really—it's—they have my heads in, in, in a cloud. I can't figure them out. Another one is the Chevy Volt, by the way. That
0: was also great. That car. was
2: that was way yeah. too. Yeah, they should have held off for at least another uh, year. If
0: you want a great hybrid, that's probably one of the best, and it's and it never remarkably efficient. Never, never got the praise it deserved. Luckily, they came back with the Bolt. They, they they walked that back.
2: Yeah, they did walk that back. I'll give them credit on that, but. The whole point here is going back to the Camaro. I think it's a huge
0: mistake that they're getting rid of it the way they're getting rid of it. Look, sales of sports cars are probably the lowest they've been in the last 20 years. Right. But you know, Nathan, it's like everything. It will come back. So the, 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 the passion that sports cars elicit, the love affair that sports cars um, ignite with cars in general has not gone away. So hold on to that nameplate you know, button down the hatches, stick around through the storm, and then be there to take advantage of, of you know, the shifting styles or, or the shifting tastes when it comes back around. But don't just get rid of it. And I know you're thinking to yourself, "Well, oh, you could just bring it back. But I'm like.
2: They're going to bring it back as an SUV. That's all electric. I guarantee it. I'm
0: like, yeah. There's a good example of where that did work. And that was a Bronco. Um, or the Ford
2: Mustang Mach-E actually has worked, even though I absolutely can't stand the, the first name of it.
0: But I would ask you, Nathan, if, if you if you use the Bronco as an example of that, how many Wranglers has Jeep sold in those years that the Bronco was gone? Oh. And it'd be millions, yes, if not tens of millions. Yeah, millions, yeah, if not tens. Yeah. So yeah, so you you can walk away from those sales and then bring it back, but why wouldn't you? Mm. Keep building it. All right, All right. what's the, number seven? Oh, this the, is a good one. Yeah,
2: the number seven is a huge mistake <laughs> yeah. by a company that cannot afford or to, to make, make these mistakes. mistakes. Yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. the Mazda MX-30. Um, and there's two parts to this. One is they're getting rid of it. And the other part is they never bothered bringing the REV here, which is essentially their small uh, rotary recharge system.
0: Extended extended range Which hybrid. essentially
2: is very similar to what the uh, BMW did with the i3. Uh, it's... They, they blew the whole thing. The whole thing was a complete cluster. So,
0: so Yeah, so the Mazda MX-30, for those of you who aren't aware, was this uh, California compliance car that was introduced by Mazda like 10 years after ca- California compliance cars were no longer a thing. It had right around, I want to say, 100 miles of range. So I forget the size of the battery, but it was small. It had the same doors that the i3 has, right? So it had the regular uh, two doors in the front and yeah, the clamshell clam doors in the back. But it looked cool. Uh, and they sold it for like thirty seven or $36,000. It didn't charge quickly. It didn't have enough range. uh, And it was just a complete head-scratcher as to why Mazda even, like, bothered to to bring it to America. In Europe, they had an extended range version. Right,
2: exactly. And the extended range version, that's a whole different enchilada because that... You can use. You you can really use (laughs) and you can get some real range out of it and drive it every day as a daily model. And it's supposed to be just a great little car. But without the range extender, it was essentially a useless electric car that nobody bought. And it just, for Mazda... And Mazda, look, I, I fully acknowledge, and, and Zach would say the same thing, I am a fanboy of Mazda. I've owned many Mazdas. Hell, I've owned five Mazdas in my lifetime, five, and they make really good cars usually. However, this was a mistake, and they are small, and they cannot afford to make these types of mistakes. Exactly
0: right. Uh, it's funny, Nathan, I'm, you know, I'm a sucker for like, bargains and quirky cars. Yeah. So I thought to myself, you know, this car is obviously going to flop, right? Yeah. Uh, nobody wants uh, a car with less than 100 miles of range uh, that's priced in the $30,000 range. Right. So uh, I'll pick one up cheap, and we'll do a fun video series. Like here's why the Mazda is like the, the silliest car on sale, or something like that. Right. That right. was going to be the video series because th- that's going to get people's attention. So I, I started looking around in California, and then the notion. Immediately hit me that we're gonna have to trailer it back (laughs) because you can't really. There's no, I mean, it would
2: take us a week to to (laughs) basically drive it cross country. That that
0: already was off putting. I'm like, oh no, God, I gotta trailer it back. But then I thought to myself, and this is true, there's probably gonna be a lot on dealer lots because people buy them and then they'll quickly figure out that they can't live with them or lease them or lease them. And there were, but of course, I forgot about the. Brashness or stupidity of dealers who were still asking like thirty thousand dollars for you know a one to two year old uh, MX thirty that has you know a hundred miles of range and I'm yeah. like guys really? really really
2: yeah some of these well yeah they're unscrupulous dealers we know they exist no, and they weren't, they
0: weren't unscrupulous they were just, just big, being stupid. big cojones big man yeah. hey you want this new Mazda that you know you can drive to work and home and that's it yeah it's a grocery getter I mean granted you'll have to. <laughs> (laughs) Get more juice
2: when you get to the grocery store, but you'll be okay.
0: Especially in California, right? You know how traffic
2: is. Oh, California, everything is, you know, a long-distance drive. So it was a huge mistake on Mazda's behalf. It was a half-baked idea, and it's not their first half-baked idea. No, they They, had a number of them. The diesel, the four-cylinder diesel Diesel. they tried to bring out here, which didn't. Active X, remember? Yeah, Active X didn't work out. So they've made some mistakes, and they really can't afford to do that. So hopefully they've learned from this, and they'll do better.
0: I think number six is going to ruffle some feathers. Yeah, and I don't fully agree with this. Okay, so uh, as you know, Nathan, uh, there's a new um, off-roader in town. It's called the Ineos Grenadier, and they're also doing the truck called the Quartermaster.
2: Yeah, you know what? I found out that Grenadier is actually Latin for too expensive.
0: Oh. Yeah.
2: Okay. Boom! Yeah, got
0: you guys. You got us. All
2: Uh, right. (laughs) uh, It's way too expensive in my book, but it is a cool car.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, in America, the I don't know what they're going to do about the truck because the truck they're going to hit the chicken tax. With. It's going to get a hundred
2: thousand dollars minimum.
0: Yeah, so the, the the car is like in. I think it starts in the low 70s, 70s and then goes up to maybe the high 70s uh, mm-hmm. or somewhere in that range, right? Yeah, we've, we've got we've ordered one. We're not sure if we're going to get it yet, you know, because it's all kind of in air right now. But anyway, um, um, the reason I think that vehicle exists and the reason it's actually doing really well in Europe so far. People give it a lot. Of, it's funny how people give a crap, right? Uh, it, I, I don't understand like, how people are like, fixated on where things are built. Once upon a time, like when American cars were built in America and Japanese cars were built in Japan, that, it was a thing. Yeah. But now cars are just, you know, because of They're international. World, they're built everywhere, and their components are built everywhere. So people, like the first comment you see when you do an interview is been, oh, it's built in France.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place.
2: So it's the so French strange. robot, as opposed to
0: the, American the British robot, robot. Come, on. come on, yeah, come on, guys, it's the same damn robot. It's the same, you know. And I got news for you: we've been to a lot of factories. They don't employ a lot of people nowadays. No, there's a lot of uh,
2: it's 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 mechanized for it's, a good yeah. reason too, yeah. and that's why cars' uh, quality has actually improved over the past
0: three yeah. decades. Yeah, robots don't get tired. They don't need. You know, brakes. They don't unionize here. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a whole different story. Yeah, it's a whole different story. Anyway, so, so cars and trucks are built all over the place. And yes, you know, like some vehicles like the Tundra, they take pride in building them in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the new Tacoma is going to be built in Mexico. So. And
2: the old Tacoma was also built in Mexico, by the way, and it, the quality was fine. So, yeah, and, and whatever. You
0: know, and your favorite, get this, your favorite or a lot of people's favorite uh, muscle car? Right, the Hellcat, uh, Charger, Challengers. Do you know where those are built? In Canada, eh? exactly. Yeah, yeah, Burdens yeah. In Canada. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. Canadians building those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're really mellow. All um. right. All right. So, so let's get <laughs> back to the to the to this thing. So, so the Grinda came out, and basically, it filled a space that I feel uh, that uh, Land Rover abandoned when they built the new Defender. So, yeah. the old Defender was a square-jawed. Basically, uh, extremely you know, off-road capable vehicle. Tractor, yeah, it, it was. It was.
2: Know, it was. It was like an older
0: Wrangler, yeah, essentially. Exactly, yeah, and, and and they walked away from that space by building this. And I'm not saying it was a bad decision because they're selling, uh, you know, a lot. It's of, their best seller. A lot of Defenders. It's a very popular vehicle, but it's not the same square-jawed, hardcore off-roader that the Defender was. It's now more of uh, uh, urban or suburban grocery getter that can go off-road. Now, Defender, um, I think owners and Land Rover will con- will contest that, but we've had a lot of experience with it. <laughs> we've, we've owned t- we, three, technically. Yeah, we've <laughs> taken them off-road, and uh, just look underneath it. Uh, that's like I said, just look underneath it, no. and and that tells this whole story. Now,
2: with that being said, I say that they modernized um, an off-roader to the point to where it's being used in I the most efficient know. way. <laughs> Exactly, in the most efficient way. So this is a vehicle that works very well on-road. However, it's pretty damn good off-road if you get the right package. And if you
0: avoid 20-inch wheels... Um, but but hold, the hold on. Even the right package. Here's another clue. Even okay. the right package. I know. Yeah, it's... Here, here's another here's clue for this, right? Mm. If, if You know, we ordered ours. We ordered the most basic one, and I wanted to get the rear locking diff. Yeah. But you can't, on the website at the time, you couldn't click like a little thing that said rear locking diff. What you had to do was you had to get this like wacky performance package that would give you better traction on road because it had a locking diff. Right. So they even marketed that not as an off-road tool, but as an on-road, kind of the way Porsche does, you know. In terms of being able to go around a corner better so it gives you better traction. Yeah. So, so with the Grenadier, when we were ordering it, they were like, yeah, it comes standard with the rear locker. and Do you want a front locker? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, I mean, that tells you everything you do know. But here,
2: here's the great news about both of those. Um, for those of you who don't know, Tommy recently did a video mm-hmm. on this other vehicle called the Land Cruiser. And for about mid-50s, roughly, you 30. can get a vehicle that is competitive with these other two for a lot less dough and most likely will be more reliable. I
0: see, I see somebody who's a little keen on getting one of those. I got to tell you something the minute I saw the
2: video, I was freaking out like a monkey on caffeine. <laughs> do, you, do you like the I like uh, the base model? Yeah, the, the, the round, base model the round yeah, with the round headlights and I, with the rear locker, color me impressed. Now I have to figure out how I'm going to get a vehicle that's pretty
0: much worth double the price of the one I currently own. Um, But But, that's a whole different story. So my suggestion to Land Rover would have been to do kind of what um, Stellantis does now uh, with Ram, and that is you have a classic, right, the 1500 classic, and then you have... That's a really good idea. They should have done... now Land Rover, the Defender classic, and the new one. Well,
2: the problem with the Defender, now, to be fair, it it didn't meet their... um, their uh, their version of IIHS, which is NCAP, I think it is, uh, their European crash testing, and also their emissions. Mm-hmm. There were some issues with all of that, and they're basically like, yeah, we're done. I think that they should have taken it a step forward, and I think that they, with a little bit of work, should have made a classics version of that to build alongside their new one, and I think that it would have st- still been a good seller. I think they would have had two hits on their hands. Right, and, you know, Ineos capitalized on that and said well we're going to build our own and i don't know how you feel about having a bmw engine inside an off-roader i mean you know there's positives and negatives but i i'm guessing that it's going to be a bit of a hit here as well with the upper echelon of so, so
0: i think platform sharing doesn't work like when you have a bmw and a supra that basically they work jointly to develop and you've got like uh, BMW uh, bits and pieces inside of the Supra that are obviously BMW, uh, but what I do think works is if you have a vehicle like the Ineos, which is pretty much its own thing, and then you're using a BMW power plant. Yeah, the only I, thing I, I, I don't like that. about it is a shifter, which is a BMW. I don't like
2: the shifter, and I, I wish they didn't. I wish they could have found a way to make it a different shifter, but that's just but, but that's, that's like, aesthetics. But,
0: th- but you know, Aston Martin does that right with a Mercedes power plant. There's a lot of companies who don't have the uh, depth of engineering or the, the budget to develop their own powertrains. Yes. Uh, and so in this case, I think it works.
2: Well, yeah, they already know that it's compliant in terms of both the U.S. and Europe and Asia, uh, in terms of its smog, what it produces and the type of engine, what type of production it goes through, where to get it serviced, all that stuff. It makes total sense that they would use a BMW or any other power plant, really, from a major automaker. Um, actually, I'm kind of curious why they didn't go to Mercedes, but um, that's a whole different uh, conversation. But speaking of BMW, yes, the next one on our list. Yes, oh, we're, we're, man. The, we're the
0: other side of the coin from Audi. So Audi, if it's uh, you know the cool kid on the block, and they kept the cool kid image long after they probably should have dumped it and changed it to something else, uh, BMW has gone like uh, like full on, and you got to respect. The fact that they have gone full-on design in the deep end, right? Uh, And I'm talking, of course, about the new 7 Series and, of course, the BMW XM. That is a lot. That that car, you know, I I said before and I'll say it again, I don't know how many Bulgarian gangsters there are in the world to buy these, but that car seems to be the perfect uh, vehicle for that demographic. And we love you Bulgarians, by the way. We do. Yeah, we do.
2: Yeah. How how about how many... many uh, guys from the Czech Republic, gangsters.
0: I to say anybody that wears a giant gold chain of some sort. thank you. Okay, and
2: uh, but I'm going to say this, and I have no shame saying this whatsoever. I can't stand BMW design right now with the giant nostrils and the squinty eyes. What happened? What happened, guys? To these to, to these amazing looking cars looking so bad. Now I could directly blame Chris Bangle, who started the whole thing back with the flamed. Bangle look, bangle which what I, the bangle? Well, the, the whole bangle design, the yeah. front end looked terrible too. And I know some of you guys are like, "Oh no, no, no! Bangle's okay. a genius." That stood the yeah, test yeah. of time. He certainly wasn't. So um, <laughs> the, the bottom line here is that I think that ever since then. BMW every once in a while it comes out with something kind of nice but for the most part well the M2
0: a beautiful car yeah the M2, M2 there it's
2: that's a really good example
0: yeah the M2 is kind of you know it's kind of uh, boxy and it's got intersecting lines but it all kind of works and it ends up making the car look purposeful and fast whereas the XM is just the best way I can describe is just a lot. It's a lot it's of everything. Vile.
2: So let me put it to you in a different way. When you have a really cool-looking car and you park it in the parking lot and you're walking to the store or the restaurant or whatever, looking over your shoulder and just thinking, yeah, that's my sexy car, some automakers still do that,
0: I th- not th- BMW. I think, like, 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 not only, you know, you have these giant nostrils, right? The nostrils make no sense. But then you double down on them by actually highlighting them in different colored lights at night.
2: Well, especially for electric cars. Right. They put them on electric cars for Corona. Why do you need nostrils on an electric so, car? So
0: now you have, like, glowing purple or red or white nostrils at night.
2: Well, it's it's as if certain people over at BMW said, you know what? We want to prove that we were right and you were wrong. Because every automo- everybody in automotive journalism has said some sort of snide comment about the design. And a lot of people don't like them. And their sales are not exactly going through the roof. So... I think that there is some executive there who's like, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. I'm going to go double down on this and make it, go you into know, inch your face. And that's exactly I, I, what they've I, done. I blame TikTok.
0: It's a very Tiktokable car, for better or for worse. It's just, it's just it like screams, look at me. Uh, and the problem with that is, if you were... 16, that would be a perfect car because that could be your dream car, except at $160,000. Chance, right. Chances aren't there aren't not that many year 16 right, right, year right. olds. Right. Mostly this car is probably aimed at people our age. Mm, yeah, <laughs> which is saying something right and, there. And, and we have a visceral reaction. There's so many That's other not, cars out I there. I want to go and buy it.
2: Yeah, well, there's other vehicles that are pretty to look at, and this one's not pretty to look at. So, yes, it has the BMW tech. Yes, they drive great and they have amazing powertrains. But the bottom line is that if I look at it and I want to kind of you know, spit up a little bit in my mouth, there's a reason for that. And I'm not trying to be harsh on BMW. I usually love BMWs, but over the past few years, it's been
0: so hard to love that beaver teeth design. All right, let's move on to number three, and we're back at design again, because <laughs> yeah. electric vehicles have really been a disruptor in terms of design language. Yeah. Uh, and Mercedes has taken their design language and used a bar of soap as their uh, inspiration. Or melted wax. I mean, you could go either way. And I'm not talking about their normal uh, ICE cars. I'm talking about the EQ name letter you want after yeah, them. Yeah, all of the EQ, the EQE, the EQ whatever, EQS, all of them
2: uh, look very similar. EQC, they yeah. ha- it's, it's really, part to me, it's mostly the front end design. The front end design on these, now I know it's made to be slippery, and the whole point is to have a very low drag coefficient and find a way to still make it look like a Mercedes. I get that. However, in doing that, they've made all of their vehicles kind of look the same and kind of look bland and and not very pleasing to the eye.
0: Yeah, and it's a shame because they're good vehicles. Yes. They drive well. They're incredibly quiet. Uh, you know, if you if you forgo the hyperscreen, they're actually usable, uh, but the design language is oh so so arrow in a very boring way. Because I know they can do a good arrow, right? They yes. did that was the C X X X or whatever that yep, one was. Yep, that's this Coke bottle design that does like a thousand miles. It's a prototype car or a concept car on one charge. Beautiful car, but the ones you can buy. Ugh, ugh.
2: And we know that they have the ability to make really cool looking concept cars on the side. I mean, I got the chance to look at this other concept vehicle, it's on TFL EV and it's this orange sports car y thing. But the point is is that we know that Mercedes can do better and they haven't. In fact, in some ways, they're in the same realm as Audi, where they're sticking with something that's kind of safe. Yeah. And it, but it's not eye pleasing. Uh, and and then, we're not the only ones who look, feel that the way. The
0: SUV versions of those cars are a little bit better because they're a little bit I, I don't like them either. Really? They're just they're like a I, little bit like poofed out like you took this bad design and, pfft, and you made it Yeah, a yeah, it's, bit so it's like you, you just yeah. you took a
2: pump and press press yep, yeah. blew it up. And it's a real shame because we know that the engineering underneath like BMW, like Audi very good engineering underneath but externally you're really just pulling away and you're polarizing people and i don't think it's a good idea yeah what's so hard about making something eye-pleasing i know you're saying what's so hard about that or have you tried yes i have and i've produced beauty in my past you know how how i have really pretty children (laughs) yes but more importantly i do understand aesthetics i've been in this
0: I, i could i could put that on your wife not you yeah, actually, it yeah. is my wife. Yeah, she's like, yeah, very pretty yeah, wife. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. that helps. Yeah, it um, helps.
2: But 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 bottom bottom line though is that um, I've been in this business long enough to know a pretty car when I see one. I'm sorry, Mercedes, but in terms of your EQ series,
0: none of them are pretty. And, and it's actually where it really hits the pavement, where it really gets. Hard is when you look at the AMG version. Oh my God! Of yes, cars. because because you can't tell the difference. You can't. You can't, except for like different wheels and a badge and a badge that actually has a piston on it for some reason, uh, or pistons. <laughs> you cannot tell the difference. So what used to be this brand that stood, you know, I mean, I mean think about this, AMG back in the day built wide body kits before they were purchased by, it, right? That's Absolutely, what they they, yeah. they took And they built, you know, they took a standard Mercedes sedan and they built this wide body kit. Super muscular, it. Muscular, muscular. Super macho. And, and now it's like, oh, look, you got 200 spokes in that wheel and that's how you can tell it's an AMG. Check out the wheel uh,
2: and look at this badge. This is AMG, but it's blacked out letters. It's not enough guys. And no. you know better.
0: Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what meetings, you know, they decided about in this design, but uh, they need to go back to the drawing board and like uh, get your mojo. Ah, uh,
2: mojo. Good transition because guess who just lost their mojo?
0: Yeah, a lot of people are saying that. Number three, we're gonna say the Dodge prematurely killed the Charger Challenger. And I know that's a uh, uh, a bold statement because they they go all the way back to Mercedes in some ways. Yeah, and and do. the Dodge guys will tell you that that old Mercedes is long gone, that they've improved it. And they're yeah. probably right. But nevertheless, I still think there's a lot of demand. And once again, instead of just outright killing it and going to the muscle, I think they could have gone. And they did, maybe they're going to do this, right? I, I, I'm almost certain. And I don't, I'm not saying this because I have any inside information. I just feel that they're going to have to do this to stay in business. And I know Tim Kaniska pretty well who runs Uh, You know, Dodge? Yeah. They're going to put the Hurricane... uh, So they may come up with, like, an electric version of whatever the new E-Muscle is, Mm -hmm. but they're going to put the Hurricane under the hood at some point. I mean, uh, because otherwise, they're not going to sell any cars. Because that's the one brand that is so heavily in the muscle car and the internal combustion engine world. And you can't just you, you can't just cut that. You've you got to transition that slowly. you got to get your people used to it, right? I agree 100%. It's like a cigar. You smoke cigars. Oh, I do indeed. You, you cannot start with a Cohiba. No, no. Right? You, you, you have gonna to puke. Start.
2: You turn blue, you're going to puke. you got to start slowly. Yeah, with a Blackjack or something like that that you buy at 7-London. I,
0: I know nothing about cigars, okay. but I'm just guessing, right? Because I, I think if you gave me one of those cigars you, you like to smoke, yeah. I would pass out and turn blue.
2: I, I, would, I would start with something smaller, like a Cigarello, and work my way. But this, up, but you know? this is what this is what yeah, Dodge I, I, is doing. Yeah, yeah I. So I, I see what you're saying. And my point with this is that they they put a real end date on the car, but they haven't really shown us anything that says, "Hey, wait till you get your hands on this." Now I know they showed the concept. Of their Daytona Challenger EV or whatever, mm, SRT, that, yeah. th- that 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 is you know an extraordinarily expensive car. What about people who wanted to buy their Charger or Challenger regular? You know, and those are the by the way the volume sellers. Yeah. There's nothing out there. And if you're saying Hornet, sorry, Hornets okay for certain people, but it's not enough. I'm talking about a sedan or a coupe that is competitive and fun. Nothing is out there to replace these. We don't know of anything that's out there, at least, and neither do you. So the fact that they killed these cars and they're basically gone within the next few months.
0: Well, we just bought a Charger police car. Yeah, uh, and people are fighting for it at the office. So it's not just internal combustion engine. It's just such a comfortable, such a it's useful a good cruiser. It's a good car, right? Yeah, it's, it, it's comfortable for everyone. It's got a ton of room. It's got a big trunk. Uh, We got an all-wheel drive one, which is incredible. We got the Hemi. I mean, it's just a really good car. It just works. And it's hard to hit upon that recipe. And so, you know, like again, kill it at your own risk. Yeah, I I
2: really don't know where they're hoping to move from here. But the fact is, is both the public and the
0: fanboys. Yeah. We owned a Hellcat. We love Hellcats. And yes. I, I know there's legislation, and I know there's penalties. We understand how the world works.
2: Yeah, and actually, FCA was paying almost the maximum amount in terms of penalties. They were. Year.
0: They were. And, 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 look, Dodge has always been based on the bad boy of the auto industry. Yes, yes, So m- maybe, in, in this case, you ask for forgiveness <laughs> instead of permission. Well, I, don't, I, actually I don't know. Have
2: a way to fix this. When you do your electric vehicle, go lead acid. Just put in lead acid. <laughs> Yeah, make
0: your car weigh about nine times. People can go to their local uh, auto parts store and replace the batteries Yeah, be a bad boy.
2: But you know, the reality is that... I need that, 22 12-volt batteries. <laughs> yeah, can I carry them out? Maybe I have a little help getting them to my car. Um, so here's where we're kind of boggled with this, and that is that we don't see a horizon here. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Dodge, Stellantis, people... We don't see where you're going with this other than killing something that people
0: absolutely adore. So, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tim, like I said, has a rabbit up his sleeve. He might.
2: He might have a dove up his sleeve. We don't know.
0: But, but he's got to have something up his sleeve because yeah. the, the visceral reaction that the electric cars are getting is not, uh, it's not does, not, does not bode well. And, you no. know, we have a good sense of what's. Kind of trending because we live in that world, yeah. you know, and so we can tell kind of what stuff is hot and what stuff is not. Between
2: social media and everything that yeah. we do, we have a pretty good idea of what you guys like and don't like. And obviously electric cars are a tough sell. And in addition, electric muscle cars, that's going to be a really tough sell. In addition to that, the regular folks out there who are not going to spend $75,000 on a super muscle electric car or whatever, who want to spend thirty or $40,000, what's there to get? Well, there used to be these cars that you could get. They're going away. You could get a Charger or a Challenger with the uh, Pentastar V6, and actually, they're kind of fun too. Nope, oh,
0: gone. You know, Ford and the Mustang are just sitting back like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they really are. I mean. They are. They're they're chortling. That's the term, chortle, huh? Yeah, Yeah, they're like, (laughs) we're the last one standing. They really are. All right, let's keep going. Number two, Nathan. Uh, The one that's that's pictured behind behind us. us. Yeah, this is. uh, um, So, uh, Honda built this really great little electric car, a city car. It's a city car, it's got a limited range. And we know it wouldn't have sold a lot in the U.S., but the coolest thing about it was the design. So, it's super cute. You, You can sell a lot of cars by being. Aggressive, and you can sell a lot of cars by being cute. Damn straight. And this is, you know, this is cute. Uh, I had this really cool screen where you could put a fish tank on it, which yeah. I thought was wonderful. Yeah, like, like images of a fish. In, yeah, not a real fish out. tank. Yeah, uh, and they built it uh, and they sold it uh, in Europe, where it developed a cult following and did really, really well. They put the, you know, the cameras in the rearview mirrors, which, you know, I can live without because it's expensive and kind of weird. Uh, and we got. Clarity. Yeah, we got the clarity. <laughs> that's right. Oh my God,
2: that's so useless! What the hell? So I know. You got I,
0: your dad's Buick. <laughs> I know.
2: Honda. I talked to some people at Honda, and they, they've been very candid about it, saying, "Look, we can't bring this car here because it doesn't have the range that the Americans are demanding." And I would agree. Yes, that's a problem. However, at the time, was the Mini. Yeah
0: which has less usable the space Mini, than this, had the same range. The Mini had 124. This has 100, had 150. So it actually had more range than the Mini. The later, well, later I think that the
2: first versions were about 106 miles or whatever. But the point is is that for a small city car, if you could bring it in here at a, at a discount, I know you wouldn't have had the... Here's the other thing. Uh, same with Mini. You wouldn't get the hey, uh, discount on the battery.
0: Here, here's a good question. Mm. What's the best-selling Mini? What sells the most? Uh, the Countryman, probably. EV. The EV is now selling the most? Yes. yes the Mini that's EV fascinating. It's a best-selling Mini right now. It outsells
2: the other. That's that's a good thing, though, for Mini, because they're going to be doing more electrics. They've yeah. already announced but, that. But
0: I'm, I'm just saying, hindsight's easy, but come on, Honda you're not you you can you can see where we're going with this
2: it's a funny thing you mentioned that because I think uh, the whole electric thing will actually save the number one on our list but I don't want to go there quite yet I wanted to mention a couple things about this Honda now for those of you who don't know this is actually even though it looks like a two-door from this image it's actually uh, a four-door And there is space in the back for real people, unlike the Mini. And you could convert the back into a flat surface and hold quite a bit.
0: I want one so bad. They look so so
2: cool. And I've talked to people who have driven them. They handle relatively well as well. You know, the range is really the biggest. And they charge fairly slow. Those are two issues. But regardless, Honda has not been in the electric game in the United States. Yes, they're about to bring out the prologue. Um, and they've got other ones uh, that are going to be built, in, you know, working with General Motors. The new ZDX is coming out. In, yeah, uh, yeah, which is basically the Prologue on, yeah. w- on steroids, I think. Acura, yeah, But the bottom line is that this car could have been here three or four years ago. It would have been so cool, and I think you guys would have seen some decent sales, even with an uptick in price.
0: Here's um, a little thing that I have been thinking about a lot, which is bumming me out, Nathan. Yeah. Um, you know, every country has their own electric standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So even Europe, like this car, has the different CCS. It's, it's, it's different not, than ours. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which means that 25 years from now, I will not be able to import that car because it will not be capable of charging. Yeah, there'll be an adapter or something by then. Yeah, I just like know. this
2: orange thing, you'll be able to buy them for five bucks on eBay. Don't worry about it.
0: Well, I don't know because like Japan uses Chado, and no, China that's has going their away. Own standard. That's uh,
2: going away. Yeah.
0: I, I don't know if you'll be able to import these old, or the cost of importing will be half the cost of converting them to our, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure and there will be gonna, a way. With They'll gasoline, gasoline is gasoline, right? So you can pour it in in China, you can pour it in Japan, you can pour it in Europe, it's the same. But with the electrical standards and now batteries, I don't know if 25 years from now I'll be able to get one of these. I don't know if I'll be around 25 years from now, I guess. That's, we'll that's be, a bigger question. You, you will be able to do it. You'll be around 25 years. <laughs> we'll You're I too I, grumpy to die. We'll, will I be actually
2: <laughs> driving? <laughs> you won't be driving, no. It's, uh, your grandchildren are going to be driving you around. I am looking forward to the actually, day. Actually, I
0: might be driving. 25 years? Yeah, sure. My, my stepdad is 91. He's still driving. Okay, fair enough. I won't be 91, by the way. That's... <laughs> 25 years? No. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, All right, okay. number one.
2: Number one. And this is actually going back to this electric thing, but in a minute. Um, and here it is. Four letters. F-I-A-T. <laughs> Fiat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a... Just a tremendous flop. And everything they could have done right, they did wrong. Everything up until this very point that we're talking at right now... They have one car that they're selling in the United States right now. Guys, what?
0: (sighs) What was the plan, Sergio? And Sergio isn't with us anymore, but there had to be a master plan, right? It couldn't just be – or maybe there wasn't a master plan. Maybe the Fiat family that was so entrenched in the FCA at that time, company, Mm -hmm. just demanded or thought that bringing the brand to America would be a good idea. You know – Uh, But they didn't have like what was a long term plan? Okay, so you start with the five hundred, right? Which was which was
2: it was a decent little car. It was okay. It was especially the Abarth. Oh, what a fun car!
0: Yeah, and then for some reason you bring probably one of the worst cars ever. Oh, the L. Oh my God! Right, the L, and then you take a rebranded Renegade. Yeah, the X. Yeah, and then you take uh, a chassis sharing Fiat. Yeah, Uh, I just uh, that can't be the roadmap, right? I just don't understand. There wasn't somebody there who was saying, "Okay, we'll." Who the hell
2: was running it back then? (laughs) I mean, you know, it's here. Here's here's an important point. Okay, so up to right now, Fiat is selling one car, and that's their X. And the dealers love it. (laughs) God. (laughs) Um, And but here is the good news for Fiat is that they are bringing an electric uh, 500e to the United States, and I feel. That they'll make a whole brand by one car? No. I think that they need about three different cars that are all battery and more importantly, those vehicles need to be the least expensive in their class. one, One
0: word, Panda. Yes. Why don't you bring the Panda over? Well, they're discontinuing the Panda. Did you hear that? No, they're discontinuing the all-wheel drive. They're only going front wheel drive.
2: So bring the Panda here to the United States, but make it electric because everybody's going electric, whether we like it or not, and make the Fiat brand the discount electric brand for everybody. So that way, hey, you're Great starting... Idea. Huh? Great idea. I think so. Yeah. And I, yeah, you'll take a loss the first couple of years. You're already taking a loss. Stellantis has only giving you guys X amount of years so, to turn so profit. You
0: know, that's a good idea, right? Uh, Europe is being flooded by cheap Chinese cars. Yes. And, and that wave is going to come onto our shores. It
2: already has started with a Volvo.
0: Yes, yes, to some extent. And with VinFast, which isn't Chinese, I know. It's Vietnamese. It's, it's Vietnamese. But, but I'm saying that that wave will come here, and in order... For that to work in America, you know, big country, a lot of geography. You need dealers for the most part, unless you want to go fight that fight. Fiat has that; they've they've got the dealership network. Yes, they could be the first to actually have an affordable electric brand in America. And I think you're right on the money, Nathan. That would be such a sub $30,000 cars
2: that have half-decent range for their size, make them inexpensive, put a decent warranty on them. And make them.
0: them cute, make them lovable. Make yes, them unique. which you
2: can do. And actually, I did like the design of the new Fiat 500e.
0: It looks cool. Yeah. And, keep you them, know. Keep them small. You could you, know, you could sell city cars. You don't have to go and go after GM and the Tahoe and the yeah. Suburban. No. Although just, you
2: could make a little tiny, mini-tiny pickup and be the first to do a little tiny, you know, fun little pickup thing, too. The point, And, by the way, Fiat has built those as well. So I think that they really should do something like that to save their bacon because otherwise selling one car, sorry, not, not, working, not All right. working.
0: All right, you said you had a little bit of a rant. Yes, I did. What's okay. your rant?
2: For those of you out there who uh, have children who are driving or will be driving, I have a warning for you, and I do not mind if my daughter is listening to this broadcast, and she's not. And that <laughs> is um, I tried to teach her a lesson. I wanted her to learn how to register her vehicle on her own, uh, license it, smog it, and uh, take care of it. And she's had the car now for about four months. Three months. Three months.
0: It's a Honda. No, it's, no, not, no. it's a
2: Ford Escape. It's a Ford Escape. It's a 2011. It, it, cute little thing. Had a decent amount of mileage it's on it. It's a square one. The good yeah, one. Yeah, it's, it's, it actually is the good one. It's the yeah. one with the, 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 the one uh, Duratec yeah. V6. Duratec, I think it is. Um, really good little car. So I had to pick it up and drive it because I have to take it to smog, which I just had done. And I'm going to have to take it to registration. Why? Because the kid is working and going to summer camp and traveling. Okay, so I failed on that front. My fault as a parent. You know what happened as I was driving it? I turned on the windshield wipers, nearly scratched up the front windscreen because the windshield wiper was so...
0: Battered, battered, and, and yeah, torn here, up. Here in Colorado, we last if if you can manage a year out of a windshield wiper. Then you're, you're like, doing well because yeah. the sun is so intense because we're a mile above sea level. And then level, we have snow and all this other crap. And, right. and it just it just it just eats up windshield wipers. It does indeed.
2: And I'm looking at this going, I know she's used her squirter a few times because I've had to refill the tank. What the hell is this?
0: Yeah, and it's been raining here. A yes, lot, there's a lot.
2: so she has been dealing just driving with this crap windshield. Wiper. When I called and asked her as I was coming here today. She said, oh, I didn't notice. How could you not notice there's a piece that's hanging off the damn thing as you're going back and forth? So my point, and my, the end of the rant, is I am now penalizing her for her mistake. I'm making her pay. I was going to pay for the registration. I was just going to have her take care of it. Now she's paying for the registration.
0: Well, I, mean, I mean, I know. I don't have a daughter, so I, this sounds easy. I'm sure it's not, mm. because they have a way of, like, wrapping their dad's Yes, they it. normally do, but I'm furious. But, but you know, if she can't get it smog, just... She can't drive. She can't go to work. I mean, I'd be like, I should, the... I should just let her get yeah, a ticket yeah, and yeah, have yeah. the thing towed. I'd be, like, I, I wouldn't get let her a ticket. I'd be like, honey, if you don't go get it smogged. Then you're not going to be able to drive it. Then you can't go to camp. You can't make money. It's on you. You know, instead of taking it to the Starbucks to hang out with your friends, you might want to take it to get smogged. It's on you. Whatever you want to do, you do. But you know, at some point, I'm not driving you to your job. Yeah, so that's 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 adulting.
2: Yeah, it is adulting, and I should have gone there. But rather, it's, I, it's, I know my, it's hard with kids. I know it's not easy. It's so not easy. this is my compromise: is that I was going to pay for the, you know, getting it registered. And as a vehicle that was bu- recently bought, it's more expensive. Mm. So she's going to have to pay couple hundred bucks it's out of her pocket sorry I was going to do it for you but it's not that's not the issue the issue is really um, you know how do you parent with kids who you've told you've taught you've shown and yet they don't do it do you go Roman's route and do you take the car away which I'm beginning to think may have no. been a better idea
0: I wouldn't take the car away well, I let the just... car take itself away <laughs> yeah
2: I know you know once it's put into impound it's gonna be really expensive to take out but you know it's or do you do you do what I did which is like penalize her a little bit you know, it's it's a curious thing. I, I'm still really angry about this whole thing because it's a safety issue with having crap wipers.
0: Oh, I, you know, it, I don't know, Nathan. Um, I don't. I try not to judge people because I found that that's a really stupid way of, of like, you know, missing a lot of great opportunities. I judge but, people all the time. But there are things that, like, uh, I, I, I scratch my head about. So people who throw all their crap into the back of their car, like you look in their car and it's just covered in old cans, you know, trash, trash. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 just, that. I, I just can't stand that. I'm like, come on, this thing is in my world, this thing is very precious and it deserves to be taken care of. And when you treat it as a garbage can, uh, well, I that's think it's a hard that, one for me to get past. I
2: think a car is a good example of what the person is. If you actually get picked up, let's say you go on a date and the car is kind of musky and nasty and everything else, you pretty much can assume that the person may not really care too much about certain things.
0: It's a, good, it's, a, it's a good indication that, that after the, the, the intensity of that initial uh, relationship is worn off, there may be some bugaboos that you may, it may, be may some drive, issues. you bet, you know yeah. what. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, you know, am I overreacting? Am
2: I underreacting? I'm curious to your take on it. It's just, It really ticks me off being a car guy just in general, and she's the daughter of a car guy. The fact that she's got crap wipers on this car that she hasn't been taking care of
0: really, really gets yeah, me the angry. The other one that really I, I can't stand is people who never like wash their cars on the outside. You know, you know when you get this like built-on grime that is taking it's a film. Years, it's a yeah, film. Yeah, that has taken years to to, to to like get to that point. When I see a car like that, my heart hurts. Yeah, especially if it's a cool car. <laughs> yeah, any car. It yeah. Just, it just feels like it's an abuse of a relationship. <laughs> I the, actually feel the, bad for the cars. The is a car. When, when I see a car that's been tattered because someone just didn't care
2: about it, I sometimes look at it and just like, you know, if I owned you, I'd take care of you. It's almost like, a,
0: it's like an emotional thing, Here, right? Yeah, here's the other thing. So, you know, we're, we buy a lot of cars. We sell oh, yeah. a lot of cars. Uh, probably too many to some extent. But, like, when I go buy a car, uh, you know what I use to judge whether I want to buy that car? Hmm. Even more so than the car itself, the owner. I have this rule: if yeah. I like, if I like the owner, uh, and I like, like you, you pull up to their house and their garage is in order and everything is like in its place, sure. right? Then immediately I'm like, okay. I'm going to take this seriously because it says to me that this person is probably... Because the worst thing you can get when you buy a used car is deferred maintenance. Yeah. Right? Deferred maintenance is is basically the person drove it and they didn't change the brakes, they didn't change the oil, and, and, and you're going to have to pay for that.
2: In addition, it affects other things down the line. Everything. So that car just could be hosed.
0: Right. And if, if they're the kind of person where, you know, they don't care about, like, the garage, I also think they probably don't care about the car.
2: That I think that's a really good point. And, and, and it does matter. So, you know, if someone has all the receipts... Yes, and, and, and kept you know kept those things in order, and the car itself well, looks like.
0: They're anal about stuff. I love when they say I'm anal about, and I'm like, I love that.
2: It pro- provided how they use the term. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. It's true that. Uh, that, that is really important. Uh, but the point is, is that you know that that makes it a big thing. You know what? When I am online, and I'm always online looking at used cars, just for the hell of it, right? And when I see somebody take a picture of their car or their motorhome or their boat or whatever, and it's loaded with their crap, I'm like, wait, you couldn't be bothered to take that out of the vehicle to show me it? I don't want to buy that vehicle. No, no it I, I am not interested in someone who d- can't spend the time to make the car look good, at least in the picture. So that's another issue. But that that goes to a whole different direction. All right. Let's finish up this list. Yes, We're indeed. We're running out
0: of time. We are indeed. We, so We've got the top six uh, idiotic, idiotic ideas. ideas. So let's start with number six. What is that, number six? Piano black plastic everywhere. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Foot, oh, I can't stand that either. Fingerprints, dust. Uh, and I <laughs> have that on my car, too, by the oh, way. I, the manufacturers do it because they think it looks classy nope. and it's cheap. It looks great on
2: photographs, but what happens is after a very or when short... It's new. Or when, yeah, well, brand new. Right. But within just a few weeks, you can have fingerprints everywhere and dust accumulates. I keep a rag in my car. I, I have a Santa Cruz. And I have... It's not a ton, but I have enough black plastic that's shiny to where it's just like, I can't stand the way this looks, and I just wipe it. And honestly, people who have more of that, I don't know how you guys can deal with that without feeling like, oh, I need to take a... You know, a rag every three minutes oh, and know. fix this I thing.
0: It just looks... It, it's one of those things that looks great when it's new and then quickly turns into a maintenance or a wiping or nightmare right there, it's the same thing with so fingerprints on screens. yeah oh I, I can't stand that either oh, there
2: are so many better designs out there where they actually have
0: gotten rid of a lot of that and i love it all right another stupid i'm sorry idiotic idea <laughs> is uh, crystal shifters E.g., mm. the volvo the bmw uh, genesis i find them very pretentious i feel like you should not be shifting with something that should be glassware but there are people who like them there's yep. some people in this office who like them who think they're kind one of... One
2: in particular. I like the Volvo setup. I Because like, it's a flipper. It's just one piece. But I don't like the ones that look almost like ashtrays. Uh, I think that, in, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Genesis has that where it's a dial that comes up and it's it's all kind of a glassy thing. I don't know. I, if I'm, I'm in a car, I want something that feels like metal or rubber or something that has a tactile feel to it that feels car-ish as opposed to something that feels like it's glass.
0: Yeah, it feels like old and like previous generation right Mm. And, and i don't know to me cars are modern and uh you know forward leaning this this like leans the wrong way in the wrong direction
2: you know how you can't go wrong just make it aluminum just forget the glass and make everything aluminum aluminum feels really good to the touch and you're done. And you know, put a little bit of texture on it. And please don't ever use carbon fiber. Uh, yeah, uh, the crystal shifters in general are are kind of eh. It's,
0: it's 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 aesthetics too. All right, number four. I'm gonna go with this is the most idiotic yes. idea of all time. I There's, can't believe this they should did be this. number one. But uh, any time a car, Toyota does this, Porsche does this, makes you log in. I do not want to log into my car. I it let me repeat just that. I do not. Make... Want to log into my car? I Guys, just want to drive. Get of, it. Of,
2: yeah, get rid of that tech, please.
0: Immediately. Yeah. There's no benefit except for making me very, very angry.
2: Yeah, it's now. I know that some of you are going to say, oh what a minute, All you have to do is just when you get into the car, it'll it'll know who you are with having you know the oh, pass because then your seat will be yeah your and the, and the no. temperature and the radio. I don't. I don't. Let me do It's that. Unnecessary. I, uh, they have pre-programmed <laughs> settings where you can. With many cars, you have three different choices. The button's usually on the door or on the seat. You hit the button, the seat goes to where it's supposed to go. And then in some of the more modern cars, all your presets are set up too. That's all you need. Having the screen and all the other stuff make you log in is absolutely ridiculous.
0: And you know why I get angry, Nathan? Because you're old? No, no, because (laughs) I, I don't want some big brother, some hacker, yeah, yeah. like figuring out that I'm going here and there and driving this to there and spending time here. There is already way too much invasion of privacy. And to me, this is by far the most insidious invasion of privacy. In, in terms be- of cars, be- yes. Because you could just see like, like the if you're being generous like the marketer is like like you know coming up with great ideas that, that would drive you crazy hey i noticed you spend a lot of time at tj maxx <laughs> here's yeah. a coupon for you that shows up on your phone you know how that is oh right? yeah right? right right that's that's being generous if not There can be a lot of nefarious ways you could use that Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know to me the car is my second home it is the bastion of privacy it's where i get in and i can be with my own thoughts i do not want to let anybody know that i am in that car or i'm driving it so knock it off immediately, yeah. plus it's a
2: pain in the ass. Yes, it is, and in addition, I don't want Toyota or any other automaker, BMW, to say, by the way, this month, we're charging for air conditioning. If you would like your oh. air conditioner to work, please log well, in.
0: Well, you know they're gonna sell that information. You know they're gonna sell it. Oh God, dry- it's, gonna,
2: yeah. go, it's yeah. gonna go somewhere, or it's hacked. Yeah, it's hacked, it's either yeah, sold or hacked. Why make it so accessible? It's bad enough that we have these phones. I mean, yes, granted the phones do everything there, but I'd rather have the vehicle have an isolation barrier, so to speak, and I do not wanna log in every time I get so, into a car.
0: So the smartest thing I heard somebody say, you know, we've got this world now where automakers are charging for things that once upon a time were free. Yes. Heated seats would be a good example. Yeah, it's a really good there, example. There's only one thing that, 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 that actually works, and that is if you actually provide some real value, then maybe people will be willing to pay for it. Yeah. But if you don't provide any real value, then all you're doing is kind of in a, in a decei- I would say deceitful, Deceptive way, yeah, nickel and, you know, and diming them. Not even that. Like c- coming out with like, hey, this is good for you, but in the background, you're like, uh, by the way, yeah, when people log in, uh, we're going to be able to sell that data for five million dollars yeah. each month, right? And I know that. We understand that. We understand you're not doing this for our own good. You're not providing any value. No, it's you, profit, right? It's all just more money, and you know, at the cost of our own privacy. So with the phone, I know the phone does. A lot of that as well, yep. but but the but the value proposition there is worthwhile. Mm-hmm. In the car, it's not worthwhile. No, you're not I, adding anything that I already don't
2: have. You've just become intrusive in an area that you didn't need to become intrusive in, and you're still making stupid money on these cars. So the next uh, one, man, is uh, Volkswagen's dual window switches. That now, was like uh, about oh, as idiotic man, as what you could a head scratcher. So um, real quickly, Volkswagen has. Uh, admitted that some of their switches are not a great idea, and they've gone back. For instance, their steering, steering wheel control buttons are now returning. So However, they, they,
0: they only have two switches for the windows. Yeah, that was where I was it's going it, with this. Instead of four, right? So imagine here, you're driving on, let's say, the New Jersey Turnpike, and if they still do this there, you have to, like, pay to go across a toll bridge. And you pull up, and there's three zillion cars behind you, and you go to close, go to open your window, so you can throw money into that little basket, right? Yeah, Or whatever, Go to the go. If you don't want to use that analogy, you're going to the local drive-through, and instead of opening up the front windows, you open up the rear windows because you forget that you had a toggle to the rear windows. Right. So embarrassing.
2: There's a toggle switch that does either front windows or rear windows, and then you can just trigger left or right. And why is this even necessary? Why is how is this helping? How is this helping it's like individuals? A,
0: it's like they ran out of switches.
2: Exactly. Why, why do we need this? We've had, for years and years and years, individual switches, which you could feel without looking, and say, oh, I want to lower the right rear window. Boom. I hit the button and make it happen.
0: How is this thing helping? <laughs> Imagine, like, remember when we had crank windows, right? Oh, Imagine yeah. Imagine the analogy for that. So you have a crank window, but there's a lever. <laughs> So you actually have to pull the lever lever to to actuate the the thing to make it work. The rear window, and then you push the lever to To open the the front window. It makes
2: no sense, sense. guys. And they're not the only culprit. Volvo recently did it. I I saw it in their EX30 when I went to Uh, New York and went around the car. And as great as the car is, and I do think it's a cool car, this window switch thing is completely unnecessary, and I think that people why, are really going to revolt. Why, why against would
0: it. you copy? Them? I mean, I understand it's a terrible the, idea. The, to they copy. do it, but like you know, with the getting rid of the volume now, everybody copied it because they all go to coffee yep. together. I don't know why. why? At, at, at some point, you got to like put your finger in the air and read comments and see what. Go to TikTok or go wherever social media is, which is everywhere, and see what people are saying about it, and then be like, uh, hey. Uh, uh, Sven. Hey, Hans. Yeah, hey, uh, yeah Sven, Hans. Uh, I, I'm thinking about uh, getting rid of the rear switches for the windows. It's going to save us like 30 cents a car. Ooh, that's a wonderful idea. And aesthetically, <laughs> it'll be beautiful. It'll go with my uh, other aesthetics. But I've noticed that people hate it.
2: Ah, uh, but they don't know design. <laughs> we know design. It ha- pass me another herring, too. <laughs> Come on. Oh, and Venus, depending on who you're talking who about. Who you're talking about. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. I like to make fun of them because I think it's a terrible idea. Guys, four buttons for four windows. Make it simple, please. All right, uh, number two. Uh, uh, oh, the this Maverick. Is, um, yeah, this yeah. is well. now,
0: now. the Maverick, as you know, Nathan, is based on the Escape Hybrid. Yes, and it if, is. And if you live in places like Colorado, where we live, mm-hmm. or any place that has snow or winter, like you know, much of the country, New York, Chicago, I'm thinking of, right? Yeah. Big, pl- big metropolitan areas. You can get an Escape. That is a hybrid and all-wheel drive. You can indeed. Which which is good because you probably want it and you need it. Right. But unfortunately,
2: the hybrid version of the Maverick is not offered with an all-wheel drive option. Now, yes, you can get a Maverick with all-wheel drive, but that's the two-liter turbo. I think it's a two-liter turbo. Yeah, whatever. Um, and it's a turbo, and it's a four-cylinder. And yeah, you can get that with all-wheel drive. And that's a good system, but we're not talking about that. I'm talking about the hybrid. For some reason, it gets like 46 miles per gallon. Yeah, but for some reason, Ford did not want to put an electric motor powering the rear wheels when you get stuck in snow, which is the reason why, by the way, I did not buy that vehicle, because I would have bought it had it had a hybrid Be, option.
0: Even, even though it's based on a vehicle that has that. Yeah. It's not like they can't manufacture it or haven't manufactured it. Or don't have and and, you know i think uh toyota did that for a while as well and then they got smart remember you could only get the prius in two-wheel drive and same thing with the corolla yep same thing with the uh uh um camry and now of course all those are available in all-wheel drive because they like to sell cars ford
2: yes yes exactly (laughs) um now i know that ford cannot build enough mavericks but uh, and then I've also heard from some of you actually that they are indeed building one for the next year or two. They'll have an, an all-wheel drive version of it, but I don't see it yet. And bottom line, uh, it's a shame that they don't build that because they missed an opportunity. And I think that you know maybe Hyundai will jump on this and have an all-wheel drive, hybrid version come out to sort of eat. Ford's lunch or have Ford Eatler lunch. I don't I still understand that, that thing altogether. But anyway, the point is, is that they could do that, and uh, Ford is missing that opportunity. Um, oh, wow, number one.
0: we yeah, were just there. You were at I the, was indeed, at the Nizmo, uh, Nissan Z unveiling. Which was an
2: awesome, horrible event at the same time. This, this was an event for Nissan Z fans, and they brought in a few other people to try to shoot around them. It was impossible. But here's the good news. The Nismo Z, more power, more torque, but no manual transmission.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the most enthusiast-focused, the most track-worthy, the most uh, engaging doesn't have a manual. And I'm sure it has to do with they don't have a manual that can handle the horsepower. Maybe Or it would cost more, but once again, uh, whatever excuse or reason that you have, it, it is... A huge head-scratcher, because if you're going to come out with that vehicle, you need to come out with that vehicle it's with a manual. It's because g- a regular car has a manual.
2: Right, right. You performance one, you can get with a manual all the way up to that point. But then when you get to the Nismo, and you know, granted, the automatic transmission they have in there has been updated significantly, so it works better, faster shifting, and all that other stuff that's great. And I'm sure it's probably a, a faster car with the automatic than the manual. However, people who buy Zs... I believe a lot of them are all about the feel of the car and an enjoyment of the drive. And I I
0: think Toyota with the GR Corolla got that right.
2: They got it right with the Corolla, and they were willing to admit their mistake and they brought in a manual transmission for the Supra. And I give them a lot of credit for uh, Toyota. Yeah, thank you very much. I can't speak English anymore. So yeah, Nissan missed an opportunity with that. Hopefully, they'll see the error of their ways and
0: they'll figure out a way of bringing in a manual Nismo as well. Yeah, maybe they'll do that. Hey, since we're kind of in a uh, in a, we'll oh, call it um, grumpy mood. Yeah. Um, let's just do a quick. Few more grumpy, kind of inside baseball things here. And at this point, if you're not in the automotive biz, you may want to tune out. There's other great podcasts that I could recommend. Um, our friend Sam over at uh, Guidehouse Insights mm-hmm. does a great one with Nicole uh, and Robbie called Wheel Bearings that I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I like Scene Through Glass. I'm just trying to th- think some of the ones that I, I, lis- I enjoy listening to. Spikes Car Radio, that's a, that's a really Porsche centric one. So you may want to head on over there because this is going to be me talking to the uh, PR teams. Yeah, sexy. Time. By Bernice. By the oh, wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not a car. Okay, sorry. So, so, so uh, we've recently noticed, Nathan, uh, that uh, PR teams have decided. So, f- for a long time, we've been doing this since 2009. We fought the good fight, and by that I mean trying to get uh, manufacturers to allow us to bring videographers on these events. Yeah.
2: It, it, the bottom line is that it's just a better video when we have a videographer
0: Be- because this talent set that you need. Uh, be able to shoot a video, be able to present a video, be able to edit a video uh, is very unique. And there are a few people in the industry who can do all this, right? Yeah. There, there's like Sofian can do it, Alex from Alex, I don't know, Redline Reviews, you know, they're there, and I can name more, but there are a few people who can do it. But for the most but part. But they still
2: have videographers too. They do, yeah.
0: For the most part, like a print reporter or a digital reporter and their computer are inseparable. When you separate the videographer, from the presenter. You are basically separating the computer from the digital reporter. And that's the best analogy I can draw. Uh, and it makes it very hard, if not impossible, to do our job. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's confounding. Not and, and I started out in print. I used to write a column. I love writing stuff. Mm-hmm. You did as well. Yes, I did. But it's confounding because over the last 10 years, video is just warfing other media in terms of its importance, whether it be you know, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Instagram, it's all going to video. Right. And yet the most important tool we need to do our job, you're not letting us bring. So what they're thinking is, you know, instead of bringing two people from outlet, we can bring one person from two outlets. Mm-hmm. And I would say to you that those two people from those two outlets will not have the reach by any means that, that that like TFL will or any of the any of the video people, especially Evergreen over the long run, because you can do a quick video having somebody
2: running in a bunch of selfies and running around a car or whatever. That's that's one thing. And and at first, yeah, you might get some hits, but our stuff is produced and we have editors and we actually make this stuff work
0: and look good. And we have an audience. We're we're not like digital media where you know they're mainly print based. What I mean by print is like they have a website. We have websites too, right? Yeah. yeah. But we actually have. YouTube channels and TikTok channels, and now the podcast with tens of millions of people listening to us. Yes, yes, either viewing or listening to us every month. So, so why would you not allow us to bring the tool? And then, now that we're you know now that we're there, I'll, I'll go one step further for Please. all you PR people. I'm, I'm just trying to give you. Hopefully, you'll take it as helpful criticism and not Roman whining and whinging about the job. Which no, I'm actually agreeing with you on this one. That's for damn sure. So, and when you get to the event. Um, Print people, digital media people, right, can use manufacturer pictures. They, sir, can. So they write up the story, and then they take these beautiful pictures that you've taken. For us, we have to use the vehicle that's there. Sure, we could probably use the manufacturer of pictures, but in our world, that's not going to get anywhere because if – Any other outlet can do that. What's the point of actually going on the program? At that point, we might as well just use your video and stay at the office and not have to deal with all the fun that is now travel. Right. We have talented videographers who
2: actually can go around and get unique angles, and we have a certain recipe that we use in order to make these videos and make them as enjoyable as possible for the viewer. And the bottom line is that you're shooting yourself in the foot by not letting us use our tools.
0: Well, more than that, Nathan, if you do allow us to go there and you do allow us to bring a videographer... We need the vehicle in a place that is quiet.
2: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have music in the background, which is trademarked and we're not allowed
0: to uh, use. use. doesn't have giant fans. It <sighs> does, doesn't have lighting that looks like you know, we're inside of a dark tunnel. Yes. I mean, it's not, that, it's not brain surgery. Please make it quiet. Make it lit well right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and pick a color. Guys, pick a color that pops. I, I can't stress how badly black cars or gray cars or white cars photograph. They're just boring. Do you
2: want to show the lines of the car? Think about that. And then think about all the other options that are out there in terms of what you can use to make your car look decent. Maybe not have it blend into the background. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Maybe that would help.
0: And then then here's the one that really confounds me, okay? This is the one that that, that, that is just a total total head scratcher from my mind. Yeah. So you have now spent as a manufacturer, I'm going to say tens, hundreds of millions to develop this car. Yep. And you have not scrimped, you have you have not saved money on anything. You have given the best people, the best tools, right? right you have right. spent just beyond money to make this car just right. And now you're having this coming out party, mm-hmm. right? And the coming out party, uh, you say to the uh, people who have the most views, and I know some of the Digital people might, well, that's not true, but it, it is true. Really, it is. It, it is, is look, really look true. Look at the numbers, guys. Yeah, it, it that's is. how it works. It, it is true. We just did uh, the Land Cruiser. Tommy got a half a million views on his video. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no digital. In a very short amount of time, well, okay. too. Right. Well, there is one. Radio guys, they get like, <laughs> radio guys. Like, like, I have a radio show and three zillion people listen to it. We yeah. know that. Okay, 450 we? million people <laughs> listen to my broadcast. <laughs> uh, sure, they do. Sure. But there's nobody that's getting half a million views or million views you know, reads on their story. They're, they're not even close to that. We dwarf that, okay? Yeah. So, so you've put all this money into developing the car. It's an iconic car that's out there, right? Right. Uh, and now, you know, we work very hard to make it, because this is a coming out party, so we understand that. We're not going to criticize the car. We'll save that for the first drive, right? This is this is really... This is really, we're giving the details, details to our audience. The audience who wants it to see it, right? We're no. not going to be like, hey, this thing has... Because that's not what we do with these. These are, these are first... Uh, you know, our hands first on, right? Right. So we do this and unlike digital media, right? or, Mm -hmm. Or what used to be print, right? We have massive files. I mean, if we do it in 4K, these are massive. We're talking like 20 megabytes, right? Just massive files. We're not taking a picture with our phone and then uploading it to a server, right? Think about this, at 30 frames per second, right? One of our seconds is 30 pictures. 30 digital pictures for one second of our video. And our, like Tommy's video was 25 minutes. I can't express to you how big that file is. And then we get there and we have little or no internet. <laughs> Why? 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 How could you not be, how, how could that not be the most important thing you think about?
2: I- it's, I mean, what
0: you know, then we, it's like running a marathon. A marathon, as you know, is 26.2 miles. I love this analogy. Yeah. It's, like, it's like you run 26 miles. You've done all the work. It's been grueling. And at 26 miles, you say, you know at The finish line, forget it. I won't upload that video. I'll just keep it, uh, you know, on my hard drive. So I can upload it three days later. Yeah, or not upload Or, it. or not upload it at all. I, I mean come on guys a little mef- Wi-Fi, you know, little things that are basically like Wi-Fi enabled uh, boxes that use LTE right they right. use th- those are those are not going to get a, a, a 4k 25 minute video okay they are so if, if yeah, that it'll was take a, a while if that was a dedicated right phone if, if uh, basically're using your phone so yeah. if we tried to upload that using that it would probably take two weeks. <laughs> If it if we we could stay connected for that long, yeah. Right? If, if it would stay connected and not, and if nobody kick us else off. was using it, right. But instead, of, you know, now you've got hundreds of people that are all trying to upload, and there's no upload. It's it's mind-baffling, like the stuff that 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 we have to work around to be able to get our video on the internet. So, the point we're
2: getting at here, and this is, you know, obviously you viewers and listeners are hearing us complaining. I know I'm whinging a lot, and yeah. I apologize. I'm done whinging. Yeah. I've done my. But I'm the, there, off there's my soap a point box. to this, and that is we strive to make the best videos we can with the resources we have at hand and in order for us to provide the best videos we can to our audience we need automakers to play ball frankly i'm not going to sugarcoat it and in many cases it's a popularity contest of well i really like this one guy because he has really good hair so let him go first fine whatever you want to do that great that's the game you're going to play bottom line though If you guys really want good content getting out there to the viewers, you need to give us a little, and that means a little bit of time with the car in a quiet environment, where we have internet, and where we can bring a videographer and film the very best video we can film.
0: Yeah, and if if you feel the frustration in my voice, it's because I can't tell you how much time we have spent walking around trying to find a Starbucks that has internet. Or how about this? How about driving around from hotel to hotel Trying to get oh. Wi-Fi that isn't locked down so that we can upload a video, because the video that is at the event or at the hotel is uh, the internet. It's, it, at it's the vi- just is garbage. It's just is, is unusable. Yep, uh, you know, and and then to put your heart and soul and all that work into this thing you're doing, and at this point we're partners in this, right? We are, right. you know, we are your partner in this to get the vehicle out. You're there.
2: getting essentially a very cheap commercial out of us. Yes,
0: yes, you're getting, you know, over a million subscribers that are going to see this thing. And yet, you know, I have to be like, like nefariously have done this. We've done this both of us, right? Oh, man. Sitting in some other hotel parking lot, trying like, not to
2: be obvious about the fact that we're using our computer. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 no and, manager. And
0: there's no like, there's no Wi-Fi that we can bring with us, unless we maybe Starlink. So maybe we need to start bringing like those Starlink. But even things those on the don't point. work very. Yeah, even that. So those and, are like 10k up. I mean, 10 gig up, uh, 10 meg up. Sorry. Yeah, the, even those aren't <laughs> going to provide it. But there's nothing. There's no way we could. Solve that,
2: guys. The future is here, and the future is and video, is video and the internet. I'm sorry, but print is mostly dead. You don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. How many magazines are still out there actually floating around? Not many.
0: And how many actually? How many people are actually buying magazines? Come on,
2: it's dropped through the toilet because you can get all this free stuff on the internet, and it still gives you the same information. More importantly, people want to watch videos and they want to hear podcasts. They don't want to work on actually reading. It's hard on the eyes. I get it. But the videos that we're trying to produce, the videos that our competitors are trying to produce would work a lot better if you guys actually took a minute and actually thought about that. And maybe, I don't know, think about it this way. Hey, I can get a lot of eyeballs on this vehicle by working with these people as opposed to working against them. Just think
0: about it that way. Yeah, and then, you know, often the solution is, well, we've got a videographer on site. Uh, no. I, when, I, when I see that in the email, I'm, I, I just, I just, I just dread it because oh. because that person is not. First of all, you know we have a way of doing things. We have a workflow, yep. and they are not part of that workflow <laughs> at all. Correct. And then more times than not, what happens with that videographer is, or that team of videographers is, uh, they're there because there are outlets that used to be either digital or print that don't have a staff of videographers. So they are the ones that are the first. People to use that videographer exactly, so and I, we know I, people who do this. I have spent I have spent countless programs waiting for videographers who are working with non-video people, and there's nothing wrong with non-video people, but it's not their skill set.
2: No, so it usually is a little bit slower, and they have
0: to put things together, and it takes twice, three times as and, long and, as it takes us. And, and, and mostly, when I see that now, I'll be just I'll just do it myself
2: mm-hmm. because yeah.
0: because I can't rely on that person. Not that they're bad, but just because, because of timing or because of workflow. Right. They just don't, you know, or because we, we pride ourselves, you know, we said that, right? You saw it first on TFL, right? We pride ourselves on putting our stuff up first, and if some other videographer is shooting it, I don't have access to that. Or We're they, sh- or they shoot it in RAW, which then we have to go color correct, which right. we also don't have time for. It's just that the whole myriad of technical reasons that does not work. And so I appreciate that you're thinking of us, but that solution is a non starter. It's, it's a non starter. And here's another bottom
2: line for for you guys out there, and I'm proud to say this. The guys at TFL, our our little organization, we're the hardest working guys you're going to find at any event. We will be there. We're not going to screw around and hobnob. We're going to go out there and we're going to shoot the car, learn everything we can about it, and get as much information as we can to you guys. That's how we work, and that's how we've always worked. And everybody knows it. Our competitors know it, and it makes them afraid. I kid you not. And at the same time, automakers know this. So... By not giving us the tools to do what we need to do, frankly speaking, it kneecaps us. And at the same time, you're not looking any better by us doing a crap video. So
0: yeah, that's a, kind of it. And then for all of you people who are still hanging out who aren't PR people, or you may be thinking to yourself, well, you know, if they don't invite a videographer, why don't you just bring one? But it doesn't work that way. No, you it doesn't. can't. You can't bring <laughs> a person if
2: they don't. If they <laughs> didn't invite the person, then you can't bring the you person. Got, like, hey, oh, by the way, yeah, by I the forgot way, here, to here,
0: mention. You know, here's uh, here's Cole, our videographer. We just have to bring him. It, yeah, you, you can't. It's like a private party. You have to have an invite for that person. You can't just. We would. It's not the money. We would definitely pay to fly that person out and put them up at a toll, But we can't. It doesn't. Right. They the
2: invite has to be there. And in many cases, when you go to these events, they'll actually sign you in at the door. And if you bring in... A, oh, I uh, forgot to mention, I got this guy here. That guy's not coming in. No, Bottom line. No. All
0: right. So... Uh if you're not a PR person in the other world and you're still hanging out with us, uh, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Now you, you got guys. some inside baseball on yeah, this. You got though. some inside baseball for all you PR people. Uh, you always ask me what, you know, they send us like surveys. Oh, yeah.
2: Here's your survey. What it's, can we do to make it better? Guess what? We just did it for you. Yeah, we're done. Uh, we're done.
0: Uh, so thank you for hanging out with us for this long. Uh, and remember, if you want to see all of our coverage, go to altfl.com. That's right, guys. Have a wonderful week. Be careful. We'll see you next time. Ciao.
1: Done.